Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sod. This week we read the Perasha of uh, Vaishlach and uh, we have in it one of the most interesting accounts where Yaakov Avinu is fighting with an angel uh, depicted as the guardian angel of Esav. The Pasuk tells us, Yaakov, levado, Yaakov remained alone, ishimon, a man struggled with him ad until the morning. It says, and he saw that he couldn't defeat him. The man couldn't defeat him. And then he strikes at the at the uh, thigh bone of Yaakov, becomes dislocated. Rashi comments on this pasuk and asks, who is this man that Yaakov is fighting? And Rashi, based on the Midrash, tells us that this is none other as the Samachmem. It's the angel Samachmem. So if we see how that name, we, we don't like to pronounce that name. It's written Samachmem Aleph Lamed. Samachmem Aleph Lamed, Sam, and then El. So he is the the archangel of Esav. The Zohar Kadosh, uh, it concurs. It says, V'ahu malach shel Esav. He was the angel of Esav. And who is he? He gives the name, again, of Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. This angel. Now we're familiar with the teaching in the Gemara that this same person, the same Malach, who Satan, who Yetzer Hara, who Malach Hamavet, he is not only the Samachmem, he's the Satan, he's the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, and he's the angel of death. Uh, the uh, the Tana and the Brayta uh, goes further, and he says, "Who is this Malach? He descends and lures people into sin, and then it ascends and incites Hashem against the sinner." It takes permission then to take that person's soul. Rashi, to clarify, explains that in the beginning it's the Yetzer Hara. It misleads people. Afterwards it's called the Satan. What is the Satan? The Satan is the prosecutor in the heavenly court. And then when judgment is rendered, it receives permission from above to kill the sinner and it descends to take his neshama and then it is called the Malach HaMavet. So we have this angel, Samach Mem, with the name Samach Mem, plus the name Yetzer Hara, plus the name Satan, plus the name Malach HaMavet. So this is the, the being that Yaakov Avinu is fighting. And the question is asked this week by the Shavlis Pinhas, Rabbi Pinhas Friedman, he says, why is it of all the holy avot, did the Samach Mem, did the, did the Satan come to fight against Yaakov Avinu? Why doesn't he fight in the same way against Avraham Avinu or Yitzchak Avinu? You know, we all know the story that uh, when Avraham and Yitzchak went to the Akedah, the Satan tried to stop them. He didn't want the Akedah to take place. He knew we would use the Akedah always as a, as a way to appeal to Hashem 
for forgiveness. And he tries to stop them in a number of ways. He asks them questions on the way. He tries to convince them that they're doing something wrong. Says then he brings the the river and they have to cross through the river. This is one of the reasons we we do Tashlich to recall this event. But he, he doesn't come and fight like here. In this case, he comes specifically to fight, to fight against Yaakov Avinu. Why specifically against Yaakov Avinu? <coughs> the Midrash tells us further. It says, Yaakov fought alone. Rav Barchia interpreted in the name of Rabbi Shimon. The following, En Ka'el, Umi Ka'el, is a pasuk in Devarim. It says, En Ka'el, there was no one like God, Umi Ka'el, and who is like God? Yeshurun. <coughs> this refers to Yisrael Saba, Yisrael the grandfather. Just like uh, with regard to Hashem, it speaks about Hashem as being Veniskav Hashem Levado. Hashem remains alone. Af Yaakov Yaakov Levado. Yaakov also is left alone. So we see here, based on the Midrash, that Yaakov's struggle with the Malach. Is is it's associated with a pasuk to the future geula, the future geula, in a similar fashion. It seems that Yaakov he stands alone after subjugating his opponent, and he signifies the dawn of a new era, the time of the future geula when we're no longer going to struggle, a with the descendants of Esav, but I think more important, with the guardian angel. We're going to try to explain why do we have the comparison that this rabbi brings in the name of Rabbi Shimon that compares Yaakov and Hashem. The Zohar Kadosh tells us that Yaakov's departure from the site of the Mikdash, where he slept overnight, we read that a couple of weeks ago, on his way to Haran, alludes to the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash and the exile of Bnei Israel among the nations. So he sleeps there, and then he leaves to go into exile. We find a similar teaching in the Midrash. And there we see also that Yaakov's return to Eretz Yisrael, where we see him coming back in this week's Berashah. It symbolizes the return of Bnei Israel from Galut to Eretz Yisrael at the time of the final Geula. The Gemara tells us with regard to the three Batei Mikdash, the three Bet HaMikdashes, it tells us in the Gemara in Pesachim 88a, My dirtiv, what does it mean? amim rabim, and many nations will say, Come, let us go up, na'ale el had Hashem el bet Yaakov. Why does the Pasuk tell us that they're going to go to the to the house of the God of the of the of the, of the, of the bet Elokei Yaakov of the house of the God of Yaakov? Why specifically the God of Yaakov? Why not Elohei Abraham? Why not Elohei Yitzchak? And the Gemara continues and says, it says, 
it it brings uh, it brings pesukim. It says that Abraham is called a mountain, Yitzchak is called a field, but Yaakov is called a bayit. Shneimad vayikrat shem hamakom ahu bet el. Yaakov is referred to as a bet bayit because he's the one who calls the place bet el. Val Shicha Kadosh explains that the first Bet Hamikdash stood in the merit of Abraham Avinu, and it was destroyed because of our enemies, because of Ishmael, who was fathered by Abraham. The second Bet Hamikdash stood in the merit of Yitzchak Avinu; it too was destroyed, destroyed through the enemies because of Esav, who was fathered by Yitzchak. The third Bet Hamikdash, Latilavo, Vizrat Hashem, should come so quickly, speedily, Amen. That that Bet Hamikdash is going to stand in the merit of Yaakov Avinu, because his bed was flawless. So to say, his children all were sadikim. It's worth noting also that Yaakov Avinu calls the third Bet Hamikdash Bet Kel, Bet El, the house of God. When 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 he wakes from his sleep. Says Vayashkem Yaakov Bavoker. What Yaakov woke up in the morning. Vayikach etayev, and he took the stone from under his head. Vayasem ota. He placed it matzeva, and it says Vayikra et Shem Hamakom Hahu Bet El. He calls the name of the place Bet El, <coughs> and we see that Yaakov takes a vow, and he says that if I come back in peace, and he says. To my father's house, he says, Hashem hazot, and this stone, Asher Samti Matseva, Bet Elokim. This stone will become a house of God. So here he's vowing that he would pray for the building of the third Bet Hamikdash on this site. And if you if you comprehend that this is all about the third Bet Hamikdash represented by Yaakov. We can begin to comprehend why the Yetzer Hara, the Satan, the Samach Mem, did not want to allow Yaakov to build it. He didn't fight so much against Abraham Avinu because Abraham's is going to be destroyed. And Yitzchak, the second temple, is going to be destroyed. But Yaakov Avinu, upon his return from Haran with his sons, the Holy Shabbatim, he knew that he had to fear that this was the Ben Hamikdash that would exist, and would also bring about his own destruction. Remember, the Gemara tells us Latid Lavo in the future. Hakadosh Baruch is going to bring the evil inclination of Eshopto. He's going to kill him in front of the Sadikim, slaughter him. We have to understand what that means in front of the Sadiqim and in front of the Rashaim. And therefore, where it says Yaakov remained alone after the two Bet HaMikdash were destroyed, only the third will be built in the merit of Yaakov, that's going to remain. Therefore, a man, meaning the Tsar, the guardian angel of Esav, wrestled with him, attempting to kill him, prevent him the building of the third Bet HaMikdash in his merit. He saw he couldn't overcome him because Yaakov Avinu was protected by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to ensure that the third Bet HaMikdash will be built. We can now better appreciate the words. Yaakov was left alone. There is none like Kel, 
Yet who is like Kale? Yeshurun, referring to the grandfather Yaakov. We have to understand what is going on here. Just as it's written, Hashem alone should be exalted, so too Yaakov was left alone. So there's the comparison that we mentioned. They intended to teach us that the struggle between the guardian angel, the Sar Shel Esav, and Yaakov Avinu concerned the future Geulah. We learn further in the Gemara, Tanura Manan, the rabbis taught us, if the ox of a deaf mute, a deranged person, or a minor gourd, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yaakov, it says, Rabbi Yaakov, he pays half. He pays half. In other words, should we have any of these damages, Rabbi Yaakov is going to pay half. And the Gemara asks, what do you mean Rabbi Yaakov is going to pay half? What does he have to pay half for? He didn't do it. And the Gemara continues based on the Baraita. No, it should read, Rabbi Yaakov Omed Meshalem Hatzinezek. Rabbi Yaakov says you should pay half, half damages. So there's a strange question. If that's what it meant all the time, what do we need to include the mistaken words here? The Panim Yafot in this week's Perashah comments on the words Ve'achot Lotan Timna. The sister of Lotan was Timna. The Gemaran Sanhedrin tells us who was Timna. She was the daughter of kings. She wanted to convert. She came to Abraham. She came to Yitzhak. She came to Yaakov. They refused to accept her. So what did she do? She went and became a concubine, a shivcha. A concubine, a pilegesh, the Eliphaz, a pilegesh, the Eliphaz ben Esav, to Eliphaz, the son of Esav, who we spoke about. She said, It is preferable to be a shifcha, leumazot, a servant to this nation, than to be a mistress, a prestigious woman to another nation, Gebirat. Amalek, who caused Israel much suffering, came from her. And the Gemara asked, why? Why was Amalek able to cause B'nai Israel so much anguish and pain? And the Gemara comments, because they should not have rejected her. Wow, major. According to the Panim Yafot, Yaakov Avinu, why didn't he accept her? Because he could only rectify two letters of the name Timnah. The first two letters, Taf and Mem, can be arranged in the letters Mem Taf to spell Met. Met is death. Yaakov was able to overcome Timnaz Met, Timnaz death aspect, because the, the Pasuk tells us Yaakov Avinu, the Gemara tells us Yaakov Avinu lo Met. Yaakov Avinu didn't die. But there were the two other letters, Nun and Ayin. These are the root letters of the word Ayin Nun Yud Ani, a root or a poor person. Yaakov was not able to rectify these letters, so he was reluctant to accept her into the realm of Kedushah. So she unites with Eliphaz, who at least grew up in the home of Yitzhak and sat on Yitzhak's knee. Based on this premise, the Panim Yafot adds an intriguing idea. When Eliphaz pursued Yaakov Avinu with instructions from Esav to kill him, he could not kill him. You know, the Midrash tells us he asked his mother advice. He asked him now. He asked his wife, his Pilegish advice, him now. 
because Yaakov Avinu rectified the letters Mem Taf Met from Timna's name. That's why Yaakov Avinu didn't die, couldn't kill him. But what could he do? He could utilize the Ayin Nun, the Ani, and take away everything and all his possessions. And as we learned, an Ani, someone, someone left with nothing at all, is as if he's dead. So he concludes the explanation by saying that what the Chachamim meant was that they were hiding within this Gemara the message to tell us that Rabbi Yaakov pays half damages. Leaving out the word says you pay half damages. What are they doing? They're alluding and telling us the Gemara is teaching us something hidden within the Gemara. If someone would understand all the things that are hidden within the Gemara, it's just absolutely amazing. And here they're saying Yaakov Avinu was able to rectify half. So he has to pay half damages. Half of the name Timnah. He says, and he, he, he messed up because he couldn't rectify the letters Nun and Ayin. <clears throat> we see a similar aspect with Yaakov Avinu, with half damages, with relation, with, as it relates to the Samach Mem. It says, when he set up the Mizbeach and he called it Kel, Kel, Kel Elokei, Kel, Kel Elokei Israel, the God, the God of Israel. <coughs> Where do we see the Gemara asked that HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Yaakov Kale? And it says, because he called him Kale, the God of Israel. The Shela HaKadosh explains the name Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, this name of this Malach, malach Sam Aleph Lamed, Sam El. The name of the Yetzir Hara, the Satan, and the Malach HaMavet contains two letters from the aspect of Tumah. And two letters from the aspect of Kedushah. So when Kadush Baruch Hu called Yaakov Kel, he was indicating that Yaakov is entirely Kadush, devoid of any negativity. We could apply this to interpret what does the Gemara mean. In the future, Hashem is going to bring the Yetzer Hara and slaughter it. It's teaching us that in the future, what does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take away from it. The Samach Mem, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. He's going to slaughter, he's going to cut off, chop off the Samach Mem aspect of the Satan and leave only the letters Kel, transforming it into a Malach of Kedushah. We see all the angels that we, we know about, we talk about Gabriel, Michael, Uriel, Raphael, all of them have this aspect of El. So the Samach Mem, the Sam. With the El, Hashem is going to cut off the Sam, which represents the negativity, and leave just the El, the Kel, the, 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 the holiness remaining. So therefore we see the Shilak Kadosh interprets the Pasuk, The children of Abraham's concubines, we know that after Yitzhak gets married, the Pasuk tells us over there, that Abraham took on a concubine and with her he had six children and he sent them away with gifts. Our rabbis explained that he gave over to them a name of Tumah. They were alluding to the name Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, which is composed of two components. A name alluding to the, the, the Shema Kadosh, the sacred name Kel Aleph Lamed, and one of Tumah alluding to the Samach Mem. And therefore we see these children are referred to as Bnei Hapilak Shim. 
Pelegshim combined, it refers to Peleg Shem. Peleg Shem means part of a name. Because only one half the name is legitimate and kadosh and associated with Kel. In contrast, Israel, the offspring of Bnei Israel of Israel Avinu, is entirely associated with the name Kel El. With this in mind, we can understand why Yaakov Avinu referred to the third Bet Hamikdash as Bet Kel. He's alluding to the fact that the third Hamikdash is going to be built through the name Kel will no longer be held captive by the Samach Mem. It's going to be slaughtered. The Samach Mem part is going to disappear, and all that will remain is Kel. <clears throat> the question is, why does Yaakov Avinu merit that the third Bet Hamikdash should be built in his merit? We mentioned at the time of the third Bet HaMikdash, we're told that Hashem is going to slaughter the Yetzir Hara. He's no longer going to be the Malach HaMavet. Hence the decree of death is no longer going to be in effect. Rabbeinu Hari brings in Sha'ar HaPesukim that when Yaakov Avinu turns to Paro and he says to him, Yemei Shenei, Yemei, the, the, years of my, the, day, Yemei, the days of my years, shana, a hundred and thirty years. And what does he do? He comments. Me'at v'ra'im hayu, they were few and bad. these years of my life. We know that Yaakov is punished for this, but what's going on? The Arizal explains that Yaakov Avinu, as we've discussed many times, was the gilgul, was the tikkun, was the repair of Adam Harishon. And we see that Yaakov had the same face of Adam. The radiance of Yaakov Avinu was a semblance of the radiance of Adam Harishon. We learned in the Gemara, Adam Harishon was very pious. When he saw that he messed up, when he saw that creation was penalized with death on his account, what did he do? He took 130 years of his life and he fasted and abstained from marital relations. He wore belts of fig branches on his skin for those 130 years. In a similar fashion, Yaakov Avinu, who's the one who's being the t- metaken, who's doing the tikkun, who's fixing Adam Arishon. When he says to Paro, 130 years, my life is few and sh- short and, 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 uh, and bad. He's referring to the 130 years that he had to be metaken to teshuvah. Relating to these 130 years of Adam Arishon. Now we know that as a consequence of the Chet of the Etz Hadat, death was introduced into creation. It says there in the Pasuk in Bereshit, Ki Bayom, because on the day that you're going to eat from it, Motamut, that you're going to die. Our sacred Sefarim teach that death is related to the two letters, Samach Mem, of the, of the Malach, Samach Mem, Aleph Lamed. Therefore, in the future, when Hashem is going to slaughter the Yetzer Hara and extract the letters Samach Mem, leaving only the letters Kel, the death decree imposed on creation is going to be annulled. Now we're going to understand something amazing. The Gemara tells us something which is very hard to understand. It tells us that Adam Harishon, when he was created, his stature extended from the heavens, all, from the earth, all the way up to the heavens. But once he sins, he's reduced. He's reduced to a hundred amot. 
seems also very big. Rashi comments also. Achor v'kedem sarati, Adam was fashioned twice, once with an imposing height, once with a low height. There's a version in in Yaakov which brings the specific of this hundred. He was reduced to a hundred. Rashi draws an illusion from the fact that it states that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reduced Adam's stature with the palm of his hand. It says, it says there, he, he brings specifically that, that He says that Hashem does it with his kaf. And he brings that kaf, what is kaf? The letter kaf is a 20, pay is 80. He says these two together are 100. And that signifies he reduced him to a hundred. If we consider this based on the current discussion, since Adam Harishon brought death to the world <coughs> with the two letters Samach Mem of the name of the Malach Samach Mem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reduced his stature to also not just Kaf, but Samach Mem. Samach is 60, Mem is 40, that's also a hundred. This explains the tactic of Esav's Malach, the Samach Mem. When it realized it could not defeat or overcome Yaakov Avinu, the Gilgul of Adam Harishon, it says, Vayiga bekaf yerecho. He strikes a blow to the thigh bone of Yaakov, the Kaf. What is Kaf? Like we said, just like Kapai, just like the bomb, Kaf is 100. What did he want to do? He wanted to prosecute Yaakov Avinu for having brought death to creation from the letters Samach Mem through Adam Arishon. <clears throat> but in reality, Yaakov Avinu is the one destined to rectify this defect. When? When the third Ben HaMikdash is going to be built in his merit. Then Hashem is going to slaughter the Samach Mem, remove the letters Samach Mem, which relates to this. We now begin to comprehend what this rabbi said to us, what the rabbi said, rabbi, it says, Rabbi Yaakov pays half damages. Why the mistake and leaving the mistake in the language and not says Rabbi Yaakov says, says pay half damages. Why does it say Rabbi Yaakov pays half damages? Because really it's referring to Yaakov Avinu. And the breakup, the half damages in breaking up the Samach Mem, in separating the Samach Mem from the kill. When the third Ben HaMikdash is going to be built in the merit of our father Yaakov, half of the name of the Malach HaMavet will be eradicated. This also explains very nicely what the Gemara says. Yaakov Avinu Lomet, since the letters Samach Mem have no control over him, only the letters Kel, they remain with him. This explains why Hashem calls him Kel. This also helps us to understand when Yaakov Avinu comes out of the womb, it says he's holding on to what? He's holding on to the Ekev of Esav. And therefore they named him Yaakov. It says it's crucial that we comprehend the significance of the fact that Yaakov grasped onto the heel of Esav. It's so significant that his name, just like Ekev is heel, his name is Yaakov. Immediately upon entering the world, Yaakov grasps onto the heel, the Ekev. The word Ekev notes the end of something. We say, Ikve Meshicha. 
know, I wrote this week, we have to be in Ikveh Meshicha. It's very hard for me to understand. You know, years ago, I remember when Leona Helmsley passed away. And she left in her will the majority or a big chunk of her money to her dog. I think it was $5 million. And to her son, Jay, who was, I remember him, he was a purchasing agent for uh, hotels in, in Orlando. I think she left him next to nothing. And how do you understand a woman leaves so much money to a dog? And I remember all the rabbis made fun of it. And then I saw yesterday that a house is being sold in California that's owned by a dog. The dog's uh, grandfather was the the dog of a certain uh, German woman who left an $80 million estate to this dog and his future generations. And this dog, crazy, crazy enough, this dog, now his handlers have have uh, built up his estate to be worth $500 million. A dog. We say that in Ikveh Mashiach, in the time of the birth pangs of the Mashiach, that not is not man is is not going to lead the dog. The dog is going to lead man. When I read the story, I said for sure we're in Ikveh Mashiach. So Ikveh Ekev. That's what we're talking about. Ekev. This relates to Yaakov Avinu to the heel. Yaakov grasped onto the heel of Esav, meaning he grasped onto the part of the name of Esav's Malach. He grasps onto the kel. To remove it from him, return it to the realm of Kedushah. And how does he accomplish this? We see how nervous, how upset Yaakov is when he's going to see in the next weeks where he's going to lose Yosef and he thinks maybe all of his children are not 100%. Because he had to make sure that his children, the 12 Shevatim, the foundation of B'nai Israel, are all Sadiqim. And in this merit, the third Bet HaMikdash is going to be built, at which time Hashem is going to excise the negative part of the Samach Mem, and the name Kale is going to be returned. So now we can understand a little bit why Yaakov Avinu called the third Bet HaMikdash Bet Kale, the house of God. He's alluding to the fact that with the building of the third Bet HaMikdash, Hashem is going to rehabilitate Esav's guardian angel, leaving only the letters Aleph Lamid in its name. According to this explanation, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Yaakov Kel works magnificently with the fact that Yaakov called the third Bet HaMikdash Kel. We hope and we pray that this Bet HaMikdash will be built speedily. Amen. Amen. Each of us is challenged on a daily basis by the Samach Mem. We're challenged by our Yetzir Hara. We're prosecuted by the Satan. And we we stand like the rest of the world in, in fear of the Malach HaMavet. But we know that we're approaching a day when Hashem is going to take this Malach HaMavet, this Satan, this Yetzir Hara, this Samach Mem, and slaughter and remove the negativity and leave only behind the positive. What do we have to do? We have to fight this Yetzer Hara every day. The Yetzer Hara is our challenge. And the Yetzer Hara presents with us each day a test. And every time we can overcome and we can defeat the Yetzer Hara, just like Yaakov who was able to overcome our father and defeat in this wrestling match, whatever this means, 
was able to defeat this Yetzir Hara, this Samach Mem, Bezrat Hashem, we should be able to do the same. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Hope everybody has a wonderful Shabbat. May we all be Zocher to see the Geulah and see the Mashiach. Amen. Thank you for joining us.